Welcome to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Now your host, Angelo Petiti. Good morning and welcome to the Gardening with Angelo. Our phone number, area code 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Well, we definitely had a beautiful week uh, uh, on the dry side. It kind of got things uh, drying up uh, pretty good. Great ideal condition to plant, um, good moisture uh, in the ground. Not, uh, I think it dried up enough that uh, the soil is very workable. And um, the uh, the temperature are you know they're warm but they're not too warm. To, sometimes when uh, you get into the heat, uh, the plants really suffer when uh, they first go into the ground and uh, it's too warm. So um, it seems like the you know the next couple of weeks the weather looks uh, uh, you know very uh, you know very you know very uh, friendly uh, in all pretty much in the seventies and that's just a great weather to plant with uh, the night temperatures in the 50s uh, that's when things really grow well and um, it makes it very very easy to to take off the soil temperature is also warming up uh, to where the roots will definitely uh, get going in it uh, you know one of the things that uh, you know if you're going to be planting vegetables uh, the whole planting thing is really the soil you want to make sure that you really do whatever it takes to make the soil amended properly so that uh, your plants are going to do very well uh, through the season. Uh, if you don't do that, uh, generally you're going to wind up with, with a struggling uh, a vegetable, struggling flowers, struggling shrubs, trees, everything. So it, it really takes uh, the soil amendment uh, is really the most important thing that you can do. On the vegetable planting, make sure that you put planting mix and, or, and compost uh, mixed uh, with your existing soil, then add biotone and garden tone to it. That will give you uh, just great soil that you know to, to work with uh, the the uh, biotone will give you the all the hormones uh, all the microbes to get the roots developed you'll be quite amazed the difference in the root development uh, that that will do uh, you can use a spoma organic weed control uh, whenever you know when you're done uh, so that that will help uh, you know control the weeds and um, you know in, and in the containers kind of the same thing use the planting mix and add biotone to it and garden tone just to work that all in and then go ahead and plant your vegetables in the container uh, on the annuals, kind of the same thing. You know, you want to make sure that you know you add plenty mix to the soil. Uh, you want to add a, a root stimulator or a biotone to it, and then when you're all done, mix osmocote in there. Osmocote will take uh, uh, in the ground that lasts about three months, so it'll have a continuous feed all the way in there. And when you're all done, spread the mulch and then put preen right over it. That will take care of the weeds, and that will really really reduce the the amount of work that you're going to have to do through the summer. You really uh, enjoy it. Uh, make sure that on the asthma coat in the ground you do it every three months in the, and in the pots you do it every two months um, that's about how long it will last you know in the basket there's a new product called hydro train uh, these are granules that basically you put right on top of the soil they will take the um, they the, the absorb the moisture out of the air and take it into the pot so whenever it gets hot and dry you you get that do the same thing in the in the mixed containers or in the planters do, do the, uh, the exact same thing that will they'll reduce watering they will also ensure that uh, the plants have enough moisture especially when we get into the into the warm day uh, your your perennials if you have not fed them make sure that you feed them now and feed them heavy with plantone and iron tone uh they're, they're getting all set uh, you know the, the the blooming period is starting uh the the end of the month the month of june and july those are the best blooming months for the um 
you know, for perennials. When it comes to the end of June, uh, that, uh, or the middle of July, I would, when you, your perennials start to be uh, halfway bloomed out, make sure that you feed them again with Osmocote. They really need that, uh, food all summer long, you know, to be vegetative and keep on blooming. Uh, don't let the, the perennials go to seed. Uh, make sure that you cut them back before they all, they're, they're totally finished blooming. Uh, cut them down to like about four or five inches, uh, and they will, you know, they will start all over again. And your blue-eyed ranger, this is the time to, to use aluminum sulfate. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, if you want that real, that real rich, deep blue color to them, uh, aluminum sulfate, now is the time to do it and use lime on the pink ones. Uh, that will give you a really bright pink, uh, you know, color to it. You know, with the heat that they came on and, and as fast as they came on, uh, the, the growth, uh, some of the plants and some of the bugs are also very active, especially with the moisture that we have had. Uh, the leaf miners, lace bug, the borers, the viburnum beetle, all all active right now. So you, you want to make sure that, you know, to protect your boxwoods, azaleas, rhododendrons, viburnums, ash, um, Bonite annual and tree shrub protection. Uh, this is the one that you want to use now. You don't spray the tree. You just soak up the ground. Uh, the tree will take it up through the root system. Uh, it works phenomenal. And this is a uh, great, great insurance to make sure that nothing happens to those trees and those, uh, those shrubs. The, uh, uh, clematis, make sure that you spray them with copper fungicide. This is the time to, uh, to do that and before we get into the heat. And then when it comes middle of June, I would go ahead and do that again. That you will avoid by doing that. You will avoid any of the dieback that sometimes you'll get on clematis, especially as the heat, uh, really starts to turn on. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, that you get that, uh, uh, you know, taken care of before. Once you have the problem, then all you can do is stop it, but this will prevent that from happening. Uh, also the mites are very active now, you know, especially on your spruces, burning bush and the flowers protect those with bio-advanced insect and disease control, um, or neem oil. Uh, those are the two things that will work very well on that. But, you know, especially on the burning bush and the spruce, it's very, very important that you give them a spray. Repelazole will take care of all your chipmunks, groundhogs, raccoons, skunks, squirrels. You want to make sure that you really put that all the way around the perimeters uh, so that they'll keep every they'll keep them out and they won't, they won't be over there digging and, you know, undermining all your plants. And the same thing with the deer. If you have a lot of deer in your neighborhood, Make sure you spend skid granules. Make sure you kind of put those all around your freshly planted uh, 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 annuals and uh, vegetables, uh, so that uh, they don't go in there and uh, they don't keep them out. And they will find uh, deer are a creature of habit. They will uh, keep going back to the same place unless you deter them. And uh, by you deterring them, they'll find another place to go to. Some of the best trees that um, ornamental trees that we have in our area that really do very very well in this area. Uh, even select pear uh, is one of the best ones that will give you a, kind of a medium shade. It's a medium-sized tree. Uh, gets to be um, about 30 feet uh, tall and probably about uh, 15 feet in width. Uh, beautiful tree. Does very, very well around here. It, it kind of uh, pretty much uh, maintenance-free. It really does not need much attention whatsoever. Uh, there's no diseases that I know of that they get with. It blooms uh, beautiful in the spring. There's no fruit on it. Um, just a very, very clean, nice-looking tree. Uh, weeping cherries, uh, they do extremely well in our area. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, when you do plant them, give them some room. Um, they need about, a you know, 
a, circum, a circumference of about 12 feet. So you want to make sure that you give them plenty of room for that. Japanese maples, especially the weepers, they are so spectacular. Or the... Uh, uh, the uprights, uh, they, they, you know, they provide a medium, uh, uh, shade, great, uh, plant to, right, to have around the patio, great, great plant to have, uh, as an ornament or as a centerpiece in your flower beds, just, uh, fabulous. And the weepers, they are just absolutely spectacular. Uh, they are grafted at all different heights, anywhere from, uh, 18 inches up to three feet. Um, you will, uh, it just something that just gets better and better and better in your landscape. Well, what a, you know, what a pleasure to have those, uh, to look at, especially at this time of the year, they are so spectacular. Uh, red buds is another one that's come a long way. You know, a lot of new varieties of red buds. These are all weepers. Uh, they do ex- exceptionally well in our area. They don't take up a lot of room. They know probably about a uh, seven, eight foot uh, circumference wide. Um, a lot of different colors. You, you know, you'll have them with uh, some red leaf, wine color leaf, yellow, gold. Uh, just absolutely spectacular plants for our area, and they do extremely well here. They don't, you know, they only get to be about seven, eight feet tall. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful plant to have in the landscape. Uh, some of the crabs, uh, most all the flowery crabs now are all disease resistant. They're ab- absolutely beautiful. If you have a very small area, uh, lollipop and sargentina, those are two, uh, dwarf varieties. A lollipop is really a small one. It only gets to be about, uh, maybe three feet, uh, three feet by three foot head and about, uh, five or six foot. Spectacular plant to have in a very, very tight area that will give you a lot of, you know, a lot of pleasure. The, the foliage is very nice to look at. The color is absolutely spectacular at this time. Hydrangea trees, all the different varieties of hydrangea trees, you cannot go wrong with any of them. Uh, great plants to have in your landscape. They do extremely, extremely well in that area. Very hardy. Uh, just uh, beautiful. They bloom all summer long. Just uh, great. Uh, Kusa dogwood is definitely the best of and the hardiest of all the dogwoods that's, uh, that does very well in our area. Uh, there are a lot of different varieties of those. Uh, just a spectacular uh, plant for uh, for the landscape. Uh, medium grower does not get to be very big. Um, so great plant to, to really add to your uh, flower beds or to some place where you uh, enjoy uh, watching them from, uh, you know, from your kitchen or from your living room. Um, and Quonset cherries, uh, those new varieties of grafted Quonset cherries are absolutely spectacular. They bloom up really beautiful at this time of the year um beautiful foliage uh they do very well in our area uh just a nice tree to, to have in your landscape you are listening to gardening with angelo our phone number is area code 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111 we'll take a short pause we'll be right back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti. We're back. You are listening to Gardening with Angelo. Our phone number, area code 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Good morning, our Angelo. Hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Morning, our Angelo. Yes, hi. Good morning. How are we doing? Oh, pretty good, thank you. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Um, I had a couple of questions. My husband grabbed a bunch <laughs> of um, maple saplings from around the edge of my mother-in-law's yard, and he was going to just plant them in an area until they got big enough to transplant. And we have very um, clay soil. And I heard you mentioning about the soil is the best thing, is the most important thing. 
So should he mix in like biotone and and just some regular topsoil or other kinds of soil to help them get a start? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would definitely uh, use a uh, plenty mix uh, type of soil, which is a very balanced mix. That on a fifty-fifty basis with your existing soil. Put the biotone in there, mix that with it. Um, you will find that they will root, uh, you know, very quickly, and uh, they will really take off on you. Uh, the best time to do that uh, is he going to plant those now? Yeah, he was going to plant them now. Yeah, I would. Uh, uh, great day to do that today. Really, with uh, the moisture and the cloudiness, yeah, they, okay. they always transplant better when it's cloudy out uh, for the day. Um, so yeah, uh, that's really yeah. all you have to do. Uh, you know, put them in an area, make sure that they drain well when you plant them. Tell them to mount them up a little bit, about three four inches above the gray, so they kind of slope away, and uh, so that the water runs off. It's uh, that's really all you have to do. Okay, okay. Also, we've got some peonies that are like, I don't know, 50 to 100 years old on, on this property. It's the <clears throat> property. And there's a maple tree over it, which is not doing very well. But the peonies are not doing very well. I'm wondering, my husband said, I think the root for the maple tree might be doing something to the peonies because they're just not growing well. Yeah, gen- generally, uh, generally a maple would have a very... Uh, uh, very coarse root system. Uh, they would, uh, you know, when it comes in the summertime, it basically would rob everything out of the soil. I would move the peonies. Uh, this is not the time to do it, though. I would do that in uh, mid-August. Uh, find a nice sunny area where um, they will, uh, they, you know, they're, they're on their own. And then what? When you when he does plant them, um, when you take them out, you take the clump out. There is a crown on there. On the crown, you'll see that there is. You find all the uh, the eyes. It's really really important that those eyes are planted at the same level as the soil. If you bury those, the plants will grow very well, but they will bloom very poorly or not bloom at all. So very important that the eyes are left up, uh, even with the soil. Ah, with the soil okay. level, uh, but the best time to do that is about mid-August. Okay. All right. Okay, I just had one more question. Um, when would I um, trim a hydrangea and a rhododendron? I have a I have a hydrangea that's in a it's not in a huge area, and I want to keep it trimmed so that it doesn't crowd out other things. Now, is the hydrangea the one that uh, is there one of the mop heads, or is it? Uh, the one that blooms in the, in the summer with uh, uh, the cone-shaped type of flowers. Uh, no, it's like a mop head. Thing. Mop head, yeah. Well, you really, you know, you, you can trim that now. You want to make sure that, you know, you kind of remove all the dead wood off of that, uh, clean it up. But if you go to trim it through the summer, you're going to be removing all the flower buds off of it. So you can go ahead and cut it back now to, you know, kind of shape it now. Uh, but in the summer, I would let, I would leave that alone. Now, as far as the, um, <clears throat> What was the other one that? Rhododendron. The rhododendron. Uh, the best time to trim that would be right after it's done blooming. Uh, when you look at the rhododendron, um, when it's done blooming, you just go down uh, the to the last year's wood and just go ahead and take last year's wood and cut it halfway. And when you make the cut, there's these little, uh, they look like little eyes on there, like little dots. Uh-huh. You want to make sure that the cut is made about a quarter inch above that little dot. That's that's where your new growth is going to come from, uh, but the the best time to do it uh, where it's got plenty of time to reset buds, will be right after it's down blooming. Okay, great. Thank you so very All much. All right. Well, you enjoy enjoy your day. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Morning, Gail Rangelo. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about um, a small space that I would like to put a perennial flowering plant in. And it's on the south side of my home, so it will get a lot of sun. I do like azaleas. I was wondering if they make a miniature version of an azalea bush. Uh, yeah, there, there are dwarfs. There are dwarfs. There are, there are dwarf azaleas uh, that uh, you can basically contain pretty much the same size that they are. All you have to do, as soon as they're, whenever they're done blooming, whenever timing that is, mm-hmm. right after they're done blooming, you can go ahead and take them back about one third. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got plenty of time to regrow and set bud and then do that on a yearly basis. You can pretty much maintain that plant uh, the same size uh, for a long, long time. Okay, and and would I be able to plant that yet this year? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can plant them now. I, I would look for the for the families of the Gerard. The Gerard family. The Gerard family of azaleas. Yes, they're 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 the hardiest that we have in this area, and uh, there's a lot of dwarf variety, a lot of dwarf colors in that um, you know in that family. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right. Well, you have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. Maria Rangelo. Hi, Angela. How are you? Excellent. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. I have ever-varying red raspberries, and last year I cut them all down because someone said that I had horns in them, and it was from the spotted wing drosphelia, which is a fruit fly. Okay. And I don't really think I had those worms in there, but I went ahead and did that and lost everything. But they are growing back. What can I put on those to stop that? Yeah, what I would do now, I would just go ahead and spray them either with neem oil Okay. Or, or you can spray it with the uh, eight, or Captain Jack's Dead Brew. Those are the the jet, the the neem oil and the Captain Jack is organic. The eight is um, uh, you can use it on fruits. Um, the uh, up until the day that you're gonna harvest it, uh, it does not penetrate into the uh, into the skin. But uh, the neem oil and the Captain Jack's those are the two best ones to use for that. Now, would I put that on there now? Yes, I would. Is, is it leafed out now? Oh, yeah. Okay, is it, is, are the buds there? Are the, are the blooms there? Yeah, yeah. As, as, soon, as soon as it's done blooming, go ahead and spray it. Oh, okay, very good. Well, thank you, and you have uh, a wonderful day. Have a great day. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Morgan Arangelo. Good morning. Hello. How are we doing? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for taking the call. Oh, more than welcome. Hey, I've had some surgeries this year that have hurt my mobility. And usually I have about 14 tomato plants plus a lot of cucumbers and other vegetables that I don't uh, plan to do this year in the yard because of my mobility and not being able to weed and things. Um, what can I do to enrich or revitalize that gardening space where the vegetables usually go? Is there any good-looking ground cover, uh, low-maintenance kind of stuff that I could use? Or uh, how would you enrich that if you're going to have a season uh, of rush? Is it, you know, full sun? You know, you can go ahead and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of different uh, varieties of ground cover. There's a lot of uh, succulents uh, type of ground covers um, that, you know, like in the sedum family. Uh, that they're absolutely beautiful. They, uh, uh, they bloom, uh, they're low maintenance, um, and they spread, you know, they'll take over that, uh, that area very well. Uh, and, and, you know, since you're not going to be able to, to, you know, to do uh, the, uh, the, the planting in the ground, uh, you could, uh, you know, there's, uh, no reason for you to get some, um, uh, they have some, uh, 
you know, boxes that you can plant all your vegetables in that you can actually uh, sit and um, do the gardening there. Or uh, you can also have your beds raised up. Uh, to where you can actually, uh, you know, go right by it. Uh, and if you only make them, uh, like, uh, two and a half, three feet wide, you can go ahead and work just by standing over there, uh, by sitting, uh, right around the, uh, the area. So you can still enjoy your gardening. Don't give up on that. The, uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Okay. Thanks for the encouragement. All right. Well, you have a great day. I hope that helps you. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. Morning, Good morning, Angelo. Good morning, Angelo. Good morning. How are we doing? Have, good, thanks. I have three questions. I was in a, at a garden show in Virginia three, maybe four years ago, and the extension office there was giving out red bud little trees. Uh-huh. So I brought one home and planted it, and it's been in the ground. It's about seven feet tall and about three feet wide at its tallest and widest. And the leaves are heart-shaped. It's beautiful. It's really healthy, but it has not bloomed at all. And I wonder if it has to be a certain age. No, usually red buds bloom uh, very young. It's not, um, uh, no, it's not. Is it um, the area where, is it very shady where it's at? Or No, it's in full sun. Huh. And the leaves, I looked up the leaves, and they seem to be red bud leaves. They're heart-shaped. It's beautiful, but there's no bloom. Um, so I don't know if I got a different kind of a tree. Yeah, instead. you know, um, I don't think you have a red bud. I don't think you have a red bud. Uh, the okay. um, no, I don't think you have a. Red, I think uh, either you have a catalpa, uh, but uh, you know, red buds bloom. Uh, that's probably one of the most reliable blooming uh, yeah. of, of the trees. So, um, you know, if you want, if you can, um, you know, if you want to send a. a email us a photo of the tree we can identify that for you oh good okay, okay. and the email is yeah, the- yeah uh, petiti uh, com. okay uh second question what's the best time to move a hydrangea tree i trim it back every year it's just in a bad spot now uh the best time would be the end of uh, september middle of october okay uh, I mean, it would have been, it would have been you know, three, four weeks ago would have been perfect to do, but it's yeah. all leafed out now. Yeah. Uh, third question. Um, I planted an iris. It's beautiful. comes up every year, but it only comes up about two inches out of the ground. About two inches out of the ground? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there are, there are, miniature, there are miniature iris. It's a regular-sized <laughs> bloom. It's just, it looks ridiculous because yeah. it's just two inches above the ground. I don't know if I planted it too deep. That, that could be. That could be. Uh, okay. After it's done blooming, you know, if you just go ahead and dig it up and replant it, set the uh, the rhizome at the same level as the soil, just a little bit above. You want that rhizome to um, to be exposed. Uh, okay. That uh, you know that could be. Okay. Okay. All right. That. Well, you have right, a thank you. have a great day. Yeah. Bye bye. You. You're listening to Gardening with Angelo. Our phone number is area code two one six five seven eight eleven hundred or two one six five seven eight one 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 one. Short pause for the news. We'll be right back. Projects. Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM eleven hundred. Once again, Angelo Petiti.
We're back. You're listening to Gardening with Angel. Our phone number, area code 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Morning, get out with Angelo. Good morning, Angelo. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing good. This is Pete from Cleveland Heights. How are you doing, Pete? Well, I got a question. I I've been I tried to use this preen, and I put it down in my garden, vegetable garden. And my son's at home, and he, we planted uh, carrots, beets, and lettuce, and nothing's coming up. Well, I screwed up, didn't I? Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you don't want to do that uh, when you're going to use seeds. It's okay to use when you have plants. Yeah. But uh, with seeds, um, yeah, that will, that, uh, that will definitely uh, don't let anything come up. So... Uh, the areas where you want to uh, uh, do the seeding, uh, just uh, keep that uh, you know keep that away from it. Am I stuck for the whole year now with that preen down there? Uh, well, I mean, uh, no. I mean, you can uh, you can go ahead and uh, you know uh, work that soil in. You can just go ahead and work the soil, and then uh, you can replant. But uh, I, I would wait, you know, work the soil, wait a couple of weeks, and then go ahead and uh, replant again. Okay. I got one more here. I, I got the grow trays down in the basement on the grow system with the heating pans underneath and the light mm-hmm. above. Uh-huh. And uh, my question is about watering. Uh, my basil's coming up fantastic, but everything else looks weird. I really don't know what the watering plan should be. Well, you, you, when as soon as it comes up, uh, the best thing to do is use a mist uh, system. Now, do you ha- do you have a cover over the seeds? Yeah, I do a plastic. Okay, so what happens once you, uh, uh, as soon as the seeds come up and the first leaf is formed, you need to remove uh, the uh, the tray, uh, the plastic tray off the top. Okay. Uh, and then from then on, you, you know, until the leaf is fully formed, use a mister, um, you know, on the plant and the soil. And then once the leaf, once you get the second leaf, then you use a, a very, very fine, uh, watering can that you know kind of really uh, spreads you know the the water very lightly um, until the roots are formed. You have, you want to you want to be more on the lighter side and the heavier side on the water. The lighter side, more light than heavy. Than heavy, yeah. And as soon as the leaves come up, take the tops off. Take take the tops off, yes. Okay. Can you also tell me uh, what's the best way to use uh, sphagnum peat moss? Uh, sphagnum peat moss uh, really does, doesn't really have a whole lot of value, you know, from a standpoint of um, uh, enhancing the soil. Uh-huh. It, it's more of a moisture uh, re- a retain, you know, retainer. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got, uh, it's, I mean, it's got zero uh, nutrients in it. Uh, so you have to, you know, you have to add everything to it in order to bring the 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 peat to, to, to you know to, to to be able to grow in it. But uh, the the main reason why peat is used is really to retain moisture into the soil. Um, but the um, you know that that's what I you know that's what I, that you just mix it with your soil to retain moisture. Okay, though. Well, thank you very much. All Have right. a nice weekend. Have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. Morning, Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How we doing? Fine, thank you. Um, I, when I, I have a question, if you can identify a bush for me. It's kind of from the Wayback Machine. I moved to an apartment building. It was built in 1960, and I recognized the bush from, from being a kid. And it's currently blooming out with the – it's got heart-shaped uh, teardrop leaves, and it has um, yellow buds, and the bud is opening to 
into a little white flower, and I know that the fruit uh, that it bears turns into a pea-sized red shiny berry. Um, would you have any idea what the name of that kind of bush is? I, it may be before your time. I, I think I think it's uh, St. John's Wort. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what that is. It, uh, it gets like a little cluster of berries right at the tip after the flowers is done. Yeah, that's uh, St. John's Wort. So, uh, and St. John's Wort can grow into a bush? Bush, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Great, thank you. I'm so glad now you don't have to live in the way back. No. <laughs> All right. Front yeah, great plan. But you know, by the way, it's a good plan. Uh, the uh, the old varieties, <clears throat> they were, um, they're not as good as the new ones. The, the new varieties of uh, St. John's were they're really spectacular. Um, but uh, you know, good plant, good native plant, uh, plant, uh, good plant for uh, the wildlife. Uh, just a, a good plan to have in the landscape. Thank you for your information. All right. Well, you have a great day. Thank yeah. Bye bye. Maria Orangelo. Can you recommend some tomato plants for container gardening? Uh, probably the best one would be uh, uh, you can. Uh, how big of a pot you're going to use? Uh, probably five gallon. Uh, I would, you know, you can use um, uh, Better Boy or Celebrity. Um, those are all uh, you know, uh, big you know, like about three inch tomatoes. Um, Juliet is another one that you could use. Um, those are all, uh, or uh, they, they have. Uh, there's one called patio tomato. Uh, it's a it's a small one though. It's not um, it's not a big plant. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help. All right. Well, you have a great day. Yeah, bye bye. Morning, Angelo. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Are you there? Yes. I'm good. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Angelo. Hey, I have a question for you. We got a lot of deer in our backyard and front yard, and for some reason they like to sleep there during the night. Well, my uh, wife is really concerned about ticks. Is there any kind of spray I could put down on the lawn to satisfy her? No, not that I know of. Not that I know. You know, the... Um, uh, I'm going to do a little research on that. I know that uh, right now that uh, you know that that's a big concern uh, everywhere, and it seems like uh, it's becoming a, a bigger problem. Um, let me do some research on that, and uh, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. yeah, because she works for a daycare. Apparently, like five kids already. Have to yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a uh, it's really a big problem. It's not. Um, it's not something that um, to take lightly. It's uh, you, know, the, you know very. Uh, if you got a lot of deer uh, in the you know that that they're in your yard, I would definitely uh, uh, you know take some precautions on that because it definitely uh, it's it's a real it's a real problem. The um, uh, at the um, at the nursery uh, we have had two or three cases of that. that okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I would keep the kids uh, out of those areas, especially uh, in the areas where uh, they they're there all the time. Okay, thank you. All right, but I'll I'll uh, definitely uh, uh, do some research on that and uh, bring that up. It's uh, it's really a good topic. I'm glad you brought that up because there's definitely uh, an issue out there. Okay, okay thanks well, so much. Wait to hear from you next week. Okay, yeah, bye bye. Morning, Angelo. Hello, good morning. Good morning. How we doing? Good, thank you. Um, I have two questions. One, um, I like to try something new in the garden every year, and I bought some celery 
small little plants. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to plant those? Or oh, no. Are they difficult? No. no, no, they're very easy. Uh, and they grow very well. What I would do, what, uh, you know, plant them uh, at the ground level, you know, flat. Yes. And then as they start to grow up, keep mounting the dirt up. Ah. So you want to get the dirt, uh, when you when the plants are about, uh, let's say, uh, 12 to 15 inches tall, mm-hmm. you want to have about 4 to 5 inches of dirt at the base uh, just, you know, build up. Okay. Uh, that uh, that keeps um, the uh, the bottom nice and tender. Um, that would be, uh, but uh, they grow very very easy and they're uh, they are really good. Now the um, you're going to use them for cooking or you're going to use them? Uh, you're you're looking to get the the, the stalks out. Yes. The the fruit or the stalks. The stalks. The stalk. Another thing that you could do is they as that comes up, you could actually get a. Um, um, a pipe like a um uh, like a plastic uh, you know sewer pipe like yes like and, a PVC yeah pipe. yeah maybe like about 5 or 6 inches deep you know mm-hmm. high yes. and you could actually put that at the bottom you know kind of let the that go down let the leaves above that that will keep the stalks very tender um, and then, uh, you know, the, the other way, the stalks are kind of hard. You know, the, the east side of the, the center of the celery uh, will be very tender, but the outside will be very tough. But by putting a, 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 a the PVC pipe around it, it really keeps uh, the, the, the whole, the whole uh, plant nice and soft and really, really good. Oh, good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that information. All right. And, and yeah. also, um, we have a, we've had to have a, a huge blue spruce taken out. <laughs> And we've had the um, had it ground out and all that. Now um, I know we need to rake away all the clippings. Then what do we need to do? What what kind of tree was it? A blue spruce. A blue a spruce. Big one. Yeah. The uh, you know the area where the um, where they ground up the stump and that. Yes. Um, what I would do is uh, get some uh, lightning lime. Okay. Put that on top of it. And if you can even mix it into the into that uh, ground, you know the grindings, right? And then just coat the top and just let it go. Then when it comes um, this fall, I would do that again. And okay. then you know, then by next spring you should be able to plant in there. Basically, what happens there now the soil, the pH of the soil becomes extremely extremely acidy. Yes. So the, you know, in order for you, you know, you have to bring that pH up to about a six, so that you can either grow plants or shrubs or trees uh, in there. Okay, now approximately how much lightning lime should we put? You, you just want to put like a coating, like maybe about an eighth of an inch. Oh, okay. 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 Well, thank you. All so right. Much. Well, I you have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Morgan Arangelo. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hello, Angelo. Is that me? Uh, yes. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I live. In- on the edge of a deer field too. Uh, I don't think we're going to get rid of deer or tick. No, no. So my quick question: my quick question is, I have a uh, south-facing patio. Uh, you know, the new stone. You know, it was all yep. mm-hmm. engineered, and on top of that is a pergola. And I would like to some kind of vines that I could plant so that they grow over the top of the pergola. Uh, you know, you can use um, uh, the. Uh, uh, Wisteria would be uh, you know one of them that uh, that you could put on there. Um, uh, trumpet vine would be another one. Uh, okay. they, they do extremely extremely well over here, and they would cover that whole top. Uh, there's actually a um, uh, 
clematis called sweet autumn. Okay. Uh, uh, that uh, it blooms in uh, late July through uh, mid September. Uh, it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous plant that very aggressive that would actually uh, cover uh, the whole pergola. Uh, that would be another choice uh, that uh, that you would have there. So those are uh, sweet three, what sweet sweet autumn. Now, what, how should they be planted? Because it's, well, you're, you're gonna, you know, it's a patio. Are they, are they uh, pots? Well, no. You'd have, you'd have to provide somehow to, to plant them in the ground over there. Now, if you're just going to have um, in pots, it, it's very difficult to really keep something like that alive for a long time. Because once they, once you get them, once they get entangled into the, uh, into the pergola, there's no way of pulling them off. So you really want to uh, either you have to provide something there to you know to put um, you know to, to put them in the ground where they're, they're permanent, or uh, you'd have you know another you know you can you, you may have to go to annuals you know like you can use um, uh, mandavia uh, that would be one that would literally uh, it wouldn't take it all over in a in a summer but it would be it would give you enough of color and and beautiful. Uh, to wrap around the, uh, uh, you know, the post and the top. Uh, okay. Th- that would be uh, something that you can keep in, you know, in a pot. You know, you, you, uh, they, um, the large ones, they come like in a 15, or 14 or 15 inch pot. Um, they're about six, seven feet tall already. And they will wrap around the whole, you know, the whole thing. You know, you, if you put one on each post, um, sure. that, that, would, uh, that would do the job in there. But there's nothing that you want to put there permanent because, like I said, you can't uh, you you can't leave them in pots because once they right. wrap around the uh, the the structure, uh, you you can't pull them apart. So, um, okay, okay. And and once again, are these deer resistant? Uh, yeah, those those yeah no, those are no no those are deer resistant. Okay, yeah, thank they, you, Angelo. All right, well, you have a great day. Yep, bye bye, Margaret Angelo. Hello. Hello. Yes, good morning. Oh, good morning. I have a quick question about um, Iron Tone. I wasn't able to find Iron Tone in the store, but there was Ironite. Is that the same thing? It, it is, but uh, I, I, I'm surprised you found Ironite. It, that's been out for uh, for a long, long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, Ironite will work. It but will I, work. You, you were not able to find Iron Tone? No. <laughs> I went to Home Depot for Iron Tone and Holly Tone, and they didn't have any Iron Tone, and they yeah. just had Holly Tone. Yeah. And yeah. So that's my next question: Is Holly Tone alone any benefit? Oh yeah, absolutely. Holly oh. Tone, Holly Tone is a tremendous uh, uh, evergreen uh, fertilizer. I mean, it does a tremendous job to, to any kind of uh, uh, you know evergreen, whether it be a, a leafy evergreen or a needle evergreen. The ironite I saw at Marks, and I thought, well, I'll try that, but I didn't. Yeah. But um, but um, oh, what the heck was I going to say? Oh my gosh, it just went out of my head. Yeah. Um, but, well, I got the holly tone. Yeah. That, so that's yep. that's what I'll use. Yep. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Well, you have a great day. Thank yeah, you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Morgan Arangelo. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Angelo. Good morning. How we doing? Good. How are you, sir? Excellent. Thank you. Um. I'm I'm wanting to uh, get some mock orange bushes around the property, and I'm wondering is there anything I can do to uh, pinch that to get a start going 
order. I just need to buy the entire bush. Well, I think um, their macarons are really um, they're difficult to, to start. They're even more difficult to, to grow. Uh, it seems like um, the uh, the varieties that uh, the the one that uh, that's really the, the most desirable, which would be the the one that's got that orange uh, smell to it. Uh, yeah. yeah, the. Uh, it you know starting from a, from a cutting uh, it's it's very very difficult uh, that I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend uh, that but I would uh, what you could do is uh, get um, you know get a few plants or a couple of plants and then the way you could start them I mean, if you wanted to start some you could actually uh, take a branch and lay it into the lay it on the ground uh, dig a trench like about uh, eight inches uh, long and about two inches w- uh, wide and about two inches deep. Lay the branch in there, cover up with soil, pin it, and uh, by fall they should be rooted. What, what do you mean by pin it, sir? Uh, uh, you know, get a like a like a U um, like a U shaped pin. You know, yes. like, okay, okay, to hold, it down. to hold it down so that yes. uh, you put it there, cover it with soil, keep it moist. Uh, and uh, by um, you know by fall they sh- that should be rooted. Uh, you can do two, two or three or four of those like that. And then when it comes next spring, you cut that branch off, you dig it up, and you go ahead and uh, replant it. And you'll have roots by that time. Yeah, you'll have roots by fall, but you don't want to move it in the fall. You want to do that in the spring. Excellent. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Show. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Morning, Arangelo. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Angela. Uh, yes, good morning. How are we doing? Good. Um, question for you about a honeysuckle. We bought one two years ago, planted it. Last year it didn't flower. Uh, my husband put plantone, iron tone on it, and also triple phosphate. So this year it's beautiful. Got blooms, but it is so abundant that it's bending straight forward from the trellis. So is it? can we cut it back now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you can, uh, honeysuckle, uh, it blooms on new wood, so you can, you know, you, you, you can cut it back anytime, uh, you want that once it gets out of, uh, out of size for the, um, for the trellis or the area that you have it, uh, just cut it back and, uh, uh, and that will, um, you know, they'll, they'll keep growing, they'll keep throwing new blooms out and, um, but yeah, don't be afraid to cut it back anytime. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Angelo. All Love right. Have a great day. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. Morning, Angelo. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. How we doing? I'm doing fine. How about you? Doing great. Thank you. Good. I have a question about a wisteria I've had for 16 to 18 years. Beautiful foliage. It just will not bloom. Um, what you need to do is, uh, and you can do this now. Uh, go uh, take a um, uh, something that you can punch a hole down about uh, eight ten inches deep, mm-hmm. all the way around. Probably about uh, maybe ten twelve holes around there. Okay. Uh, put super triple phosphate in there. Super triple phosphate. Yeah. Okay. Do that now, and then when it comes in the fall, do the same thing again. Okay. And then when it comes next spring, do it again. Do it on a yearly basis after that. Uh, that that's what triggers the the blooming mechanism. Okay. Well, I thank you so very much. All right. Have a great day. Yep. You're awesome. Yeah. Bye bye. Morgia Angelo. 
Well, uh, the uh, day is uh, really uh, quite uh, quite nice. It uh, doesn't look like there's much rain out there. Really beautiful to, to be out there and doing some yard work. Uh, very comfortable. Very, uh, you know, just uh, really, really nice. Uh, it's a lot of the annuals. Um, I'm going to give you some of the, some tips on some of the uh, the annuals that uh, to look for. Look for some of the uh, the new caliber crowa. The caliber crowa that are miniature petunias that they are absolutely spectacular. They do extremely extremely well. Hummingbirds love the caliber crowa, so you uh, take a look for those. Uh, that that's one of the so many different colors, absolutely spectacular. Uh, Another one is if you like uh, something really large, there's uh, the, a new variety of called Bordeaux, uh, Petunia Bordeaux, or a Bubblegum. Uh, just beautiful, big, heavy bloomers, just great, great plant to have uh, in pots. Uh, those are some of the new uh, varieties that um, uh, you'll see available. If you have a very, very dry area, Lantana is by far the best annual to have. Uh, in a uh, very hot and dry spot, so that you can, you know, you don't have to worry about. As we get into summer, they will thrive beautifully. Uh, same thing there. A lot of different colors, a lot of different uh, sizes, heights, um, a lot to pick from. A spectacular plant to have in a landscape, uh, and the, the one of the best new varieties that uh, have come up is some patients. Uh, if you've never had some patients, they are by far the most spectacular, showy. Uh, beautiful annuals that uh, you can put uh, in an area they fill in an area really well a lot of different colors a lot of different sizes some of them grow uh, only about 12 inches by 24 inches wide some grow 24 inches tall by 24 inches uh, wide so very um, you can pretty much pick and choose what you're trying to cover what you're trying to accomplish with that uh, just a phenomenal phenomenal performer uh, in our, um, you know, for annuals, when it comes to uh, color, uh, it, it just there's really nothing better. I can, we uh, we plant a lot of those around the stores. Uh, that they are absolutely spectacular. Uh, if you never had one, uh, please try one. You will be quite amazed at uh, how beautiful those plants will do for you. Uh, the uh, in the um, geraniums, a lot of the new varieties of geraniums are really uh, bred uh, for very very bright colors uh, you'll find that uh, the the colors are very vivid but one more one thing about geraniums uh, they will the those new varieties will do very well in cool weathers which means when it comes in September and October and November uh, they will still be very uh, strong bloomers they will still perform beautifully at that time of the year so you want to make sure that uh, you keep them well fed on all your annuals make sure that you feed them asthma coat on a, you know, in the pots about every two months and in the ground about every three months, uh, that will really keep them, uh, going, you know, because every time you water, they, the asthma coat will release on temperature and moisture. So those are the things that, uh, uh you want to, you know, make sure that you do. And, and like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, the most important thing is soil preparation. The more you prepare that soil to be absolutely workable, it's got all the the nutrients in there, it's got all the organics in there, you're going to find that everything is going to grow extremely well for you. Um, if uh, you you know you don't really put the time in to amend that soil, uh, chances are that you're going to have a, a you know a much harder time enjoying the fruits out of the garden. Well, it's a beautiful day. Enjoy it. I'll be back next Saturday. Uh, have a great day. Bye bye.